Join us, friends. Great Scott, Spock guy. Do they know what we have in store for them? They will if they tighten up. And don't double dribble. To the Grey Ghost, Spock guy? Exactly, old chum. No time to waste. To the Grey Ghost. We have not a minute to spare. It's showtime, friends. All right, friends. This is the Spock guy. And I'm glow trotting with Trey. And we are not wishing Cotton was a monkey. Are we? I'm not. No. All right. So this is episode two where we're going to talk about, this is actually podcast number five, but this is episode two because we needed to do a two-parter. 45 minutes is not enough to talk about this bossed up Elvis movie. That's what it is. It's bossed up. Whenever you hear me say that someone bossed something, that's what we're going to be talking about. That's Something being bossed is very much like wishing cotton was a monkey kind of the same thing really exactly the same thing smart guy yeah so uh a couple of things that i want to bring up is in the last episode we brought up how people are being um influenced to like peer pressured into not saying anything negative about the movie by other people that are willing to give the movie a pass for monetary gain, for friendship, for peer pressure, for whatever it happens to be. It's this bizarre thing where if, let me say this, if the movie is roughly 20% factual, that's, that's rough. I think I may be a little bit optimistic with that. It may be not even that factual, but let's give it 20%. Let's just be fair. So if you, if you spelled Elvis's name 20% accurate, you'd have a, an E and a P and maybe an R, and then you just put X's and all the rest of it. Would you be happy if I spelled your name like that and made the first letter of each of your first and last name correct and then put just uh, consonants and vowels and all the rest of it? And that's how I spelled your name. Wouldn't that be disrespectful to you, don't you think? Yeah, it would make me feel like you don't care. That's right. Yeah, and that's what happened in this movie. It was 20% accurate at the most. So they used the E and the P, maybe the R on Presley, and then they just said, the heck with the rest of it. And uh, Trey brought up that um, something interesting that they talked about was that they had done so much research um, that this research, you know, they've got this amazing research team and they've done all this research. You know, I've been researching the Elvis story for 47 years. How long have you been working on it, Trey? Uh, since 2009, 10. Okay. So that's still, what, 13, 12, 13, 14 years? Yeah. You can't learn. They worked on this movie uh, a year and a half to two years, writing the scripts and doing all the, the research. Guys, you can't learn this story in two years. It's too vast. It's show by it, what they did. It showed by what they did. That's right. And they may think they got it right. That's the that's the sad part is I don't think Boz set out or Baz. Some people say he calls it Baz. Uh, I don't want to be disrespectful to him, but I don't think he set out to do an incorrect Elvis movie. I just think that was the final product. I think that they were more concerned with the visual aspects of the movie and the woke storytelling than they were in the real story. Well, and then they get endorsed by P. 
certain people, I'm not going to mention names, but they get endorsed by certain people. Well, when they're endorsed by these people, the fans go, oh, well, they said it was okay. So, so it must be okay. But you heard from Trey when he read the uh, message that he got from Jimmy Snow's daughter talking about the legacy of her grandfather, Hank Snow, and the legacy of her father, Jimmy Snow, which were very much a big part of Elvis's story, especially the early story in the 50s. And she was <clears throat> upset by the movie because it disrespected her grandfather and her father and their legacy and what really happened. Mm -hmm. So as Trey mentioned, if they disrespected that little piece of the story, what did they do to Elvis? You know, they just made stuff up. But my point to you is, Baz, you can't learn this story in two years, brother. You needed to go to someone that knew the story forwards and backwards. And I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about Trey. But there are people out there that know this story beginning to end that have researched and done work all of their lives. There's uh, uh, one guy that I would uh, that comes to mind right off the top of my head is a guy named Bob Pakes. He has uh, Elvis Echoes of the Past website. That website is very, very, very well done. Another one would be James V. Roy that did the scottymore.net. Uh, I think it's in it, scottymore.net yeah. website. James V. Roy, man, he spent years with Scotty talking about the early days and what went on and chronicling day by day by day. And there's other people. I'm not leaving anybody out. That's just two names that came that came to me off the top of my head. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or leave anyone out. That's not the point of that comment. It's just that there's people out there that could have been called in that they didn't have to research Jack. These people knew the story. Well, Billy, but they go ahead. What's disappointing to me is Boz should have reached out to Jimmy Roger Snow. Yeah, he didn't even ask him. He's alive. He is in the first 15 minutes of the film really portrayed as a character in this movie, and you didn't even talk to him, Boz? See, and that's where I find it disrespectful about this research stuff. Don't even bring up your research because yeah, I'm talking that's a about, joke. like you said, spy guy and me. No, who come on now. I'm talking about calling these people and talking to these people and learning stories that you would have learned that you could have created into a scene and made it as real as real could possibly be with a movie. All right. I'm not saying that you could have shown us exactly what Elvis did in that situation and said for word for word. That's not what we are saying. What I am saying is this. I am saying I want to know as an Elvis Presley fan, I want to know truly what it was like for Elvis in 1955 and 1954 when he's first starting out and he's on the road with Jimmy Rogers Snow. When he's at the backstage, as you depicted in the movie at the Louisiana Hayride, I truly want to know how Elvis Presley handled that in reality. I want to know what it was truly like for Elvis to be there in the Louisiana Hayride in Shreveport waiting for the first show that he did with Scotty and Bill. And they depicted it in a certain way where they look up in the sky at Jesse Garrett, this baby. Yeah. What the... I'm not cussing this show, but what in the world? <laughs> well, the the other thing is, is they depict uh, the Opry. Don't they do the Grand Ole Opry show where uh, 
they kind of depict that as, hey, Buttercup, that, that's kind of yeah, that's the Opry show. That's where the Colonel meets. That's right. Jimmy was there at that show. And that was before the Colonel. That was uh, Bob Neal. That, sh that show happened three months after he recorded That's All Right, Mama, almost to the day, almost 90 days to the day. Well, where was Sam Phillips at that show? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Scotty's wife was there. Bobby. Bobby's still alive. I talked to her. Uh, Bill's wife was there. Bill, you know, Bill's passed away, but uh, I think Bill's wife's passed now. But Bobby's still alive. He didn't talk to Bobby. You know, what's what's funny in this, and look, some of this, some of y'all going, this is going to make you mad, but this is facts. Go back and look at who Boz talked to. Who did he talk to, Trey? Well, to me, it seems that he talked to Priscilla and he talked to Jerry Schilling. Who else? And I, I don't know. The one black guy that was Elvis's friend. Sam Bell. Sam Bell. There's video of him with That's Sam. all I could see. That's so he all. talked to two people that don't know anything about what happened to Elvis during that time period yeah. because they didn't know Elvis during that time period. Jerry did early on, but Jerry was a kid. He wasn't hanging out with Elvis at Louisiana, right? And Priscilla wasn't around till, uh, you know, a decade later, not quite a decade, but close. He should have, Billy, he should have talked to anyone that was alive at that time in Elvis Presley's life to do a biopic, which it was called, as we talked about in part one, a biopic on Elvis Presley. That means that he should have seen if anybody that was with Elvis during those years was still living. Farley Guy, Buzzy Forbes was still living. He could have talked to those two guys that actually had stories at Lauderdale Courts. He could have called and talked to Billy Smith. Okay. And look, I'm not a fan of Billy Smith because uh, we've had some run-ins with that family that have not been great. I used to be a fan, but I'm not anymore. I've learned that that it's political for them too. It's more, a, it's not about the truth of the history. Let's just say that. That's been my experience. Um, that doesn't mean that that that's your experience with them, but that's been my experience with them. But Billy Smith should have been called. Billy Smith. So let's let's go down a list of people. Let's let's talk. Let's so, so Hank uh, Jimmy Snow. Jimmy Snow should have been a call. Bobby Moore, Bobby which was Moore. Scotty's uh, second wife. Bobby's the one that opened the door and let Elvis in the apartment to audition for Scotty Moore. And then they <laughs> recorded That's All Right, Mama, the next day. She was there, and she's alive. She was there. You know, she opened the door. She opened I, the door. How did you not talk to her? <laughs> and that's where I, we're trying to get to, guys, is like, hey. I've, got, I've talked hey, to her. I've got hey. her interview. If I had $200 million to make a film on Elvis, I'm telling you guys, I could have made that same movie Boz Larman made. Mine wouldn't be over the top. And I'm going to be talking to every single person that I could find through all of our research that we've done. Luckily, I've already done a lot of it. I mean, I've already mm -hmm. done a lot. I'm going to find and before I make my script, I'm going to talk and learn stories from all of these people. And I'm going to make that into my Elvis biopic of Elvis Presley. And it's not going to be over the top. It's going to be macho Elvis Presley at his highest and at his lowest. And you're going to see Elvis Presley, the unbelievable talent, the cool man that he was. And you're also going to see the guy that was a shy man in real life. You're going to see that man, because that's he wasn't perfect. And he, he was not perfect. He was, a, he had his faults. He, he was a sinner. He believed in God, no doubt about it. But Elvis, 
did his things. All right. Elvis was not a one woman show. I think Priscilla is awesome. I think Priscilla is is such a huge part of Elvis Presley's story, Billy. And I think what an incredible story that she has. And for her to be the girl that was the love that when and that how they met and everything, you know, and 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 but she was only a part of it for so long. You know, and, and, and that's the truth. That's the truth. And I'm not, I don't want to hate on Priscilla. I think Priscilla is an important part of Elvis's story, but I think there's so much more than just Priscilla. All right. Yeah, and she needs to understand that, that if, if she's trying to control this narrative um, where she was the only girl, that's not fair to the story. Tell the story the way it happened. Priscilla, we're not dumb. We know that there was other women. Everybody does. So hey, it's not did- like it was a secret. They disrespected Anne Margaret in that movie. They took, they took her, her completely out of it. Her out of the movie and put it, Priscilla in her in her outfit from Venus Las Vegas. That was disrespectful, in my opinion. It was. Right. Because we all know about Anne Margaret. Okay. We all know. The thing is, unfortunately, look, Elvis was Elvis Presley, a superstar. All right. Elvis had every single woman in this country. Going crazy over him. I guess not every single woman, probably, but probably just about every single woman in the, the country. sandwich girl. Now she I didn't see go crazy. Now I see a lot of a lot of you eighty year olds that were those little fifteen year old girls back then. Y'all still as crazy about him now than you were at fifteen years old. So I know Elvis had a lot of girls crazy about him back in the day, which is <laughs> awesome for Elvis. But the thing is, at some point there in his teenage, not in his teenage years, some point, guys, in 1955, when Elvis was on the road going all these towns in Texas, all these towns in Georgia, Mississippi, down to Florida, blah, blah, blah. Texas, uh, Elvis found out, hey, man, women like me. I can have one in every town. And he was a young man and he, 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 he decided that he liked that Elvis and all the women liked him. Okay. So you can't fault Elvis. He was a human being, but that was an important part of his story. And I want that to be depicted because he really lived that. He really truly lived that. And there's just so many stories that could have been made that would have been incredible, been incredible, Billy. But okay. So go back to your list. I believe Farley, I believe Buzzy Forbes should have been taught too. They yeah. lived in Lauderdale courts. All yeah. right. Anybody. You got Lure Mitchell. The, the watermelon lady in Hope, Arkansas. Elvis came to her house. She hung out with him and ate watermelon. And Billy, she would have been sitting on the porch. Bods could have gone to Hope and, and hung out with her on her porch in the same house where you go in and film of Elvis. What an incredible story. Hey, wouldn't that have been incredible? And then he, then she could have told Boz what she told you. And then you learned some true new stuff about Elvis. All right. from Because that- that's the night that the car burned, which was a very, very, very important story. Okay, yeah. so how about uh, Jackson Baker? That was Elvis's next door neighbor when they got the phone call. I interviewed Jackson recently. <clears throat> he was in the house when Gladys got the phone call that the card burned. That's a part. That's a story. That little thing that happened in, during that time in in uh, between uh, Hope, Arkansas, and Texarkana. That needed to be. That's part of the story. The early thing that was a a pivotal point in Elvis's life, right there. A pivotal point. I don't even think they even showed it. Right? They Did didn't. They? Talk about it. Okay, so the list goes on and on, and and I just and th- there's people that are still living that were a part of Elvis's life in the seventh. Pat West, Pat West, Red's girl, his wife. She was Pat his West. secretary, Vernon's secretary. Not only that, your friend should have been talked about who Elvis was in love with there in Germany. Oh yeah, yeah, they didn't even talk to her, and she lived with Elvis for two years. <laughs> she Elizabeth. Lived- 
She was up there when Priscilla was hanging around. She was in the house when Elvis met Priscilla. In the house. <laughs> and uh, and she's um she's German, right? So yeah, she's German. And so she, she lives here in Tennessee. Yeah, awesome lady. I've you know, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, what stories that she has that she Johnny. Could that she yeah. could have added buzz to your movie. She Why lived there at the house for I, I, two years is not right. A year and a half ish. Yeah. Um. She she lived at Grunewald for four months or a little or three months of the four, and then she lived at the other house for a year, so almost a year and a half. Then she moved to Graceland. She came from Germany and lived at Graceland. Wow. This lady has incredible stories to tell. They didn't talk to her. Didn't talk to her at all. And that's what I'm asking is how in the Linda world, Thompson. Linda. Sam speaking, Thompson. Linda, and I know Linda's it doesn't like the movie because Linda has liked a lot of the stuff that I have said. And uh, Linda, if you ever see this, I appreciate that. And I'll stand up for you, Linda, because you, like I say, is an important part of the Elvis story. Priscilla is a very important part of the Elvis story, no doubt. A huge part. But Linda, you're a huge part as well. Linda is a huge, part. A huge yes. part. Ginger's a huge part too. She was yes. there again. She was the girl in the bed with him when he died. Okay. She is the yeah. girl, you know, people can say, but the last thing it is, the fact is Ginger was the girl with him there that last day of his life. So he yeah. had to like her. No doubt yeah. about you it. You could say that they were engaged or not engaged. That doesn't matter. She was there mm -hmm. that day. She was there. And Ginger's been ha hated on over the years, of course. I, I, hey, look, Dick Grove was alive. Yeah, she's been hated on. Dick Grove was alive when all this was going on. They didn't talk to him. He should have been talked to. And then, and then, and then they go and they throw my friend Doctor Nick under the bus in a terrible way, just because you believed everything that that is out there written on Doctor Nick. You didn't take the time. You should have gone and bought his book. And then they didn't talk to Tish. They Tish, didn't talk to to Dean. Not that I know. Tish was his nurse. Dean was his son. He, Dean was there. Yeah. Did they talk to any of the nurses? If they did, I don't know it. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Because there's another. Uh, well, we won't even go into that. Anyway, so. the list. It, why didn't you talk to these people that were actually a part of this man's life? The dude is not a fake person, Boz. And that's why I was so concerned when I learned that you were the director, that Boz Larman was the director, because he makes movies about Romeo and Juliet where he took that story and made it his own. Okay. Great Gatsby. He took that story, which I'm a big DiCaprio fan and he made it his own. He took Elvis's story. But the thing about the difference is those were fake. Elvis was not fake. This was his first thing to do, not fake. And he took Elvis and acted like it was still the great Gatsby and still uh, 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 Romeo. OK, and you can't do that to a real person that is as big a deal as Elvis Presley. I mean, this guy started everything we know today. He is that first rock star. He's that first huge superstar. OK, the dude was a singer that took over Hollywood, a singer that took over Hollywood and became the highest paid grossing actor during those crazy movie period that he did in Hollywood. It was Elvis Presley. That's why we have movie after movie of him singing to donkeys and to birds and to, to, to little kids on the playground and stuff. That's because he was bringing in that dope. He was bringing in that money. Now, he hated it, but he was still doing that. Now, those, those first three movies were awesome. They just took those movie years. Boz took those movie years and just was like, oh, let's throw that away. Well, I mean, if they did research, this is what they did. They they wrote it all down, and then they went, 
and threw it I, over their shoulder and just made a movie. Yeah, I would have loved to see Elvis. <laughs> I would love to have seen Elvis do a scene that is so iconic. And then as we watch it being created, Boz, you say cut. The director cuts. And then we see Elvis so frustrated at what he just did. I would have loved to seen that because yeah. I, I believe that's truly how he was. He'd go to his dressing room and he'd, he'd tell, oh, that's by the way, where in the heck was his right-hand man, not Joe Esposito, but where's Charlie? Where's Charlie Hodge? I mean, where, where, where is, is Joe? Where's Diamond Joe? Where's they Sonny? don't mention the word Memphis Mafia. Where the heck is it's Red? not mentioned? Where's the Where's Red West? They have a scene where they're in a bus, and they're showing them, and they're just showing their names, and it goes by like in I didn't twenty even, seconds. I didn't catch it, Billy. I've only. Yeah. This movie yeah, one. they have red. It says red, sunny, right. Charlie. It's just like that. I, I These guys were an integral part of Elvis's everyday life. By the way, you brought up somebody. Go ahead. I'm going to uh, hold your thought. I'm going to tell you one thing. I was I was really close to GK, and I know how GK liked Sun's record TV show a few years ago. He hated it because he said it was not accurate. GK went off and then GK would go on Elvis radio and they couldn't contain GK and GK would go on rants on Elvis radio. And I know everybody at EPE was going crazy, but you couldn't contain mm -hmm. GK because you, what you go tell George Klein, he can't say that. George <laughs> right. Klein, what y'all were telling him, GK went off. He hated Sun record. He even went off on me because he thought I was Chad Michael Murray toward the end of his life in front of all 500 Elvis fans, Jerry Schilling, uh, uh, Sam, all of them were there. They came and apologized. They had dementia. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I was friends with GK, and GK knew me as uh, as an actor. And uh, I asked a question that I always asked, and he thought I was Ch Ch Chad Michael Murray that played Sam Phillips in Sun Record. And he said, "He said you're that actor from Sun Record. That show sucked. You think GK's not saying this Elvis movie sucked? Mm -hmm. I, I don't see GK on Elvis radio taking this movie." Watch oh, no, he'd be going nuts, and they'd be trying to stop him. 25 times, you know, these people, oh, I'm watching Elvis for the 26th time. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, oh, God, did it get any Why? Did it get any better, man? Yeah, yeah, nothing changed. Y'all y'all know the movie stays the same. You, right. I'm disappointed, because where's Red, Billy? Uh, Red, Red West, when I think of Elvis, I think of Red. It's like peanut, peanut butter and jelly. I'm thinking of Elvis, I think of Red. I don't care if you're mad at Red. Red was a main man. Red loved Elvis. Elvis loved Red. At the end, was a bad falling out, but I believe if Elvis would have lived, I believe it would all change. And, you know, that's how Elvis was. He fired him and rehired him left and right. But the bottom line is Red is... Red was that guy right there from the early days, man. Why was he not depicted more? Charlie sat over in the corner and didn't even say a word in the movie, I believe, whoever portrayed Charlie. Billy Smith got cussed out in the film. He's the only one that got picked on on this movie. So, you know, and Billy gets cussed out, I think, at, at Graceland, right? I think that was a swipe at Billy. I think that was intentional. And, uh, and, and a good point of what you're making there is, What's interesting is, is Billy was the only one that was kind of singled out in the whole thing. They never said Memphis Mafia. Uh, but one thing that I want you to think about with Charlie Hodge you're mentioning is Charlie Hodge was arguably, somebody want, some people want to say that Billy Smith was Elvis's best friend. And I'm not discounting that. But I can tell you this, that every house that Elvis lived in after 1960, when he got back from the military, 
Charlie yeah. Hodge had a bedroom in every house. Every house. Willie Smith didn't. Yeah. Charlie Hodge lived at Graceland. Charlie you lived know. at Graceland. Yes. Think and, about that. Um, every house, guys. Every house, Elvis made sure that Charlie had a room. Why is that? Every house. I believe it's because he really loved Charlie, and he liked Charlie's probably how he was, and I think he probably was comfortable around Charlie. Yeah. His humor. And, and, uh, and did they always get along? No. Hey, and talking about Charlie, let me think. Talking about the guys again, and if these people were able to still live and see this crazy film, Charlie, at the end of his book, guys, I just read his book a few months ago, and it really stood out to me with this Elvis craziness movie out there. Charlie, at the end of his book, he talked about somebody that just had written a book on Elvis, and and they made a theater production out of the book. And he said, it's kind of funny because I was just sitting there in the audience watching this theater show about my friend's life. And he said, I didn't even recognize it. And he said that that was not right. He says that in a book, Charlie Hot, written 30 years ago. And here we are 30 years later and a, da a dang Elvis movie, excuse my language, uh, uh, Elvis movie is, is put out there for you guys. And all of them are disrespected. And I'm sure Charlie would be sitting in that theater at the Southbrook Fourth Theater that Elvis did see his last movie. He'd have been sitting there watching that film and he'd have pulled Elvis's gun out if Elvis didn't already do it and shoot the screen. Because mm -hmm. they would not have recognized, Elvis would not have recognized anything in that movie at all. Mm -hmm. I don't think and, so. And since you brought up the Southbrook Four, let's just touch on that for just a moment. So we're talking about the Elvis movie by Boz Lerman, but... But there's a thing in the Elvis world. There's these factions. There's all these. So I want you to know that if you're not this insider Elvis fan and you're new, let's say you're new and you watch this movie, but you really do want to know the truth, just know that there's factions out there. There's people that because Trey and I have proved that Elvis's last movie happened at the Southbrook Four Theater in Memphis, just south of Graceland. That's a fact. That is what happened. It's documented. I've got eight eyewitnesses that were there. Eight. Witnesses, yeah. Eight that were there, okay? This is not me. This is not hearsay. This is, I've, we've pulled out all the stops to prove this. Well, there's family members that are saying that that's not where it happened at. So there's factions of people that because that family member said that are against me and Trey because we figured out the truth and we're standing on the truth. So somehow we've become bad guys because we're standing on what we know to be factually correct, even though there's someone that was there, they claim. I don't know if they were or not, but they claim that they were there. If they were, they were at the wrong theater because the theater that they're claiming is not the theater that they were at. Yeah. So, I mean, is that not right, Trey? But see, this is what we're talking about when we're talking about politics getting into history. There should never be a day when someone goes, well, I'm believing them because I'm friends with them, no matter how much proof you have. That's a problem. That guy's, that's not history. That is, that's, that's Wickwam. That's wishing Cotton was a monkey. And, that's, and that's Bozd. That's Bozd. And Billy, I'm going to bring this up, what you just said. What Spa Guy just said is we can back everything up that we're telling you guys with proof, with text messages and proof that people will not say the correct information because they don't want to ruin a friendship with someone or hurt someone's feelings. And that is not right. If, if a person is not going to like you because you tell them, you know, hey, you got your dates wrong, you know, it's actually this, you know, I don't want y'all to embarrass yourselves anymore. 
they're not truly your friend anyway. If, That's if fine. They would turn on you like that. And you, Billy and I, we've lost a lot of our friends uh, that was in this Elvis world because of, of that whole thing is people just, uh, you know, they can't take truth. Okay. People cannot take truth. And, and Spy Guy and I guys are about the truth. And, and I'm sorry. But well, there's going to be people mad about this podcast because we're just telling you what the reality is of it. If you're mad, that's your problem. If you want to support false information, support a false movie, that's fine. But don't drag me into it because I'm never going to do it. If I have to sacrifice truth for friendship, we're never going to be friends. You know, the bottom line is how I'm looking at it as this, guys. You know, film, film lasts forever. So here we are in the year 2023. Well, the year 2047, somebody is going to watch that Elvis movie for the first time, and they're going to believe that story on Elvis Presley. And that's my whole concern. That's the only reason that I'm on here amped up and mad about this movie, Boz, is because your movie is going to be played in dang 50 years, I'm sure. It's going to be played yeah. in 50 years. I'm going to be 98 years old, and Elvis is going to pop up, and I'm going to pull a gun and shoot the movie screen, my TV screen out by that point at 98 because you can get away with it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'll, and I'll be all like, right. I got on a podcast and I'll have all my grandkids around and y'all watch this. And I'll pray. <laughs> and say, I was going to do this. So I've, I've made myself some notes. Let's look at a few of these notes real quick. Uh, shows Vernon uh, passed bad check and went to prison. That's not what happened. I've already, I've done a video about that. If you want to know what really happened, search spy guy, Vernon, myth busted uh, prison. He went to prison, but it was not because he passed a bad check. That is not what happened at all, and I won't go into it here. But I also have the Smith family, if, if we're going to be honest, mad at me, because Billy says that I made out like his father did more in this crime uh, that they're depicting in this movie that Vernon went to jail for than Vernon did. And you know why I made out like that? Because that's what happened. You don't have to like it, Billy, but that's what happened. And so, again, I will not sacrifice truth for relationship. If me and you can't be friends because I told the truth, that's on you, brother. If you can't, you can't handle the truth, that's, that's the bottom line. I'm good with that. I'm going to stand on the truth. Is If I know something to be true and you're not going to be my friend because I tell the truth, I, I don't care. We can't be friends if yeah. that's what it takes for us to have a relationship. Yeah, but so Billy, let's go down. Um, go ahead with Vernon. With Vernon, like he was a mute in the movie. All right, he just stood there the whole movie. And the thing is, you know, everybody has this certain perception of, of Vernon Presley, and I, I think that's been lost over the years. And the reason I'm saying that is I've had a few, and, and those are the people a part of Elvis Presley's early life that I've asked about Vernon. And it's kind of funny because they're at Lauderdale courts. They told me that th that was not Vernon, I, you know, how they're depicting him. And because they said, like, I'll remember Vernon. I remember Vernon was a hard worker. That was something that stood out to me because he's never depicted as that. And they always say the exact opposite. Like, he's yes. Lazy. And, and mm -hmm. Elvis's friend told me that that he was a jokester. You, you wouldn't think that by mm -mm. The, the Vernon that we're painted. So. To, when, when somebody that actually ate dinner with the Presleys and hung out at the, the, the apartments and stuff and saw these this family on multiple occasions in a few years, you know, they remember the real man, how they remember him. 
joking around at the family dinner table, coming home late from work. And, you know, you would think Vernon was just a lazy, no good piece of junk that didn't like to work. And that was just mean to everybody. That's how I, when I, when every time I learn about Vernon, that seems what I read about the guy. And in Boz's. That's not factual at all. In Boz's movie, y'all just had him standing there as a mute the whole time. There's no, just take him out of the movie. Boz, you should have took all the Memphis Mafia, Vernon, the family, all out of the film. Because that's really what they were. They weren't even in the film at all. There was no point of them even being there. So in the movie, when they depict Vernon going to prison, they depict that Elvis then had to move into a black neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) So they actually moved in with family uh, is what happened. They lost the Tupelo house and moved into with a family on Maple Street. But basically, Elvis lived in colored neighborhoods his whole life up until he moved to the uh, 2414 uh, uh, Lamar house which is right after he got the recording up until the Alabama house. That was all in Memphis and in, uh, in Tupelo. That was all mixed neighborhoods. You know, they, they were poor guys. They were poor, real poor. And in the first 22 years, first 21 years of Elvis's life, this is a, a crazy stat. Elvis moved 22 times in the first 21 years, 22 times. That's fact. And he lived at Lauderdale for four years of that. So that tells you that there was years where they moved multiple times. And that's that we can document. There may be other times that they've documented other things. So when I tell you that we've, we've uh, studied this story, I don't mean we've, we've just kind of studied it. We know the story. And we've learned aspects of it and details in certain little stories that could be so cool if we could touch on this story or that story and just do a thing. What you need is a 10, a 10 one-hour mini-series on Elvis to even get close to touching the story. And then try to get the, the framework. As I mentioned in the last episode, our, the framework of history, the static part of history, is not debatable. So you use that framework and then... <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. You have to fill in the blanks. Um, as far as what someone is saying, what I'm saying is we're not going to know word for word what they said, but we know the outcome. And so you have to look at it from that standpoint. And um, <clears throat> so I'm just going to look through my notes. I have all these notes from when I went to the movie that notes. I wrote down. What, what Billy and would do is you're not going as straight as far away from history as it happened. Okay. You'd want to be as close to Elvis's true story as you could get by not really being there. Okay. And that would take making sure you talk to every single person you can before you start this project. Uh, Priscilla, Jerry, Sam Thompson, Linda Thompson, Ginger, not the Smiths anymore. Because <laughs> Jerry played Joe Esposito in the movie, which was Elvis's personal manager. So they basically have him playing Joe's part. Jerry wasn't, he didn't do that stuff in real life. That's not a thing. You know, so that's, but let's bring up this person. This is one person we hadn't mentioned that you mentioned in the last episode. And that is, we were lucky enough when we watched a movie in Las Vegas that we watched a movie with a lady named Sandy Miller. Sandy was a gate girl in California that also came to Memphis. She became friends with Charlie and actually dated Charlie, became somewhat of an insider 
she was there at the singer special, the Christmas special, which they call the 68 comeback. She's sitting on the stage. She's there. When you watch the real thing with Elvis, she's on the stage. We watched the movie with her. When we came out, the first thing that she told us was about, if you watch the movie, they show the applause signs. And they did that so the colonel could look at Elvis and go, Elvis says something like, uh, well, you know, they, they applauded me, uh, Colonel. He said, yeah, did you, did you see the applause signs? So they, what they were trying to allude to was Elvis was washed up at this moment and that they had to put applause signs on to get the people that were sitting in there to applaud for him, which is an absolute just crazy uh, thing made up. I mean, how it's so far-fetched. It's just, Boz, that's just stupid. Yeah, okay, was, I'm going to say it. That Boz, was stupid. Boz, it was as stupid as that Christmas sweater nonsense. Yeah, that Christmas sweater stuff didn't happen. But anyway, what I want to say is this, is Sandy told us straight up, <clears throat> there were no applause signs. That wasn't there. The other thing that they depict in there is the colonel's running around like this guy that doesn't, has no control over what's going on, and he's trying to control it, and he's a bumbling idiot. She said they rehearsed that show for days. That wasn't a live show, guys. That was a taped thing that was put together and put out. They rehearsed, 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 rehearsed. The thing where Elvis comes up in the white suit and sings If I Can Dream instead of them doing the Christmas scene, it didn't happen. That's not what happened. This was a rehearsed show that was designed and put together by Bender, which I think he did talk to Bender, didn't he? I don't know. But Steve Bender's still alive that did this show. And they depict that whole thing as, as that they they make it out like it was a live show, which yeah. the colonel couldn't control. That's not what happened. Not yeah. even close to what happened. Y'all really thinking for real, there's a chance that they were going against a Colonel Colonel Parker. Are, are they we, would be thrown what? out on their ears. Are we really saying that the colonel was going to stand there and allow them to take everything he wanted to do and say, I, I, we ain't doing it, colonel, and ain't nothing you can do about it. He'd, he'd, they, no he'd, days he'd, like that. We'll see about that, boy. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just saying that, you know, there's this. Come on, man. Come on. That, you disrespected Colonel Parker. And I know people don't like the Colonel, but let's give the Colonel his due. The Colonel was the Colonel. The Colonel got Elvis where Elvis ended up at. All right. Top of a mountain. And yeah. Elvis's talent also, of course, no doubt. But the Colonel gave Elvis's talent to be seen by a worldwide audience by getting him on television. Got him on TV. You know, the Colonel was uh, influential in someone else that is a superstar today. Mm -hmm. Celine Dion. Y'all yeah. know that? Wow. Yeah, the Colonel was influential in Celine Dion. Another superstar. This guy knows how to spot them, guys. Hey, Billy, bring this up. The best part that buys and nobody knows about is y'all depicted that comeback special with Sandy Miller and y'all actually put a girl in her clothes. She is there. And then y'all cut to a shot that happened on the same day of assassination attempt. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Okay, happened? That's a good, that's a good point. So in the movie, they, this is going to really blow y'all's mind. The lady that we were with Sandy Miller. That's a great point, Trey. Sandy, they show her being on the stage there with Elvis filming. And then that same day they show, uh, Robert Kennedy being assassinated. Sandy Miller was at both of those events. She was standing 10 feet from Robert Kennedy when he was assassinated. She was there working. Yeah. So this lady that we watched this movie with was at those two events that happened a long ways apart. So Billy, narrative listen. guys, 
Because think about this, Boz and them said, ah, nobody will care and nobody even knows that. We'll just, you know, we'll throw one on the we'll world. We'll mix them. All the same day. Yeah. One girl that was sitting there at Elvis, his feet, that knew Elvis, she was at both events that y'all yeah. all uh, put together in one show on your stupid move. I mean, your crazy move. I've got a uh, video with Sandy Miller. I think it's two parts on my channel. If you look it up, it's Sandy with an I, S-A-N-D-I Miller and Spa Guy. If you put that up, it's fascinating. And in fact, I'm telling you wrong, I think it's three parts. Sandy spent a lot of time with Elvis. She took more than 1,000 photographs of Elvis. She was with him at all of the different houses. In fact, when we were in Palm Springs recently filming, the very last time Sandy saw Elvis was standing in the door of the Chino Canyon house in Palm Springs that Elvis owned and him waving at her. She did not know that would be the last time she would see Elvis. So she would go visit and hang out at the house. This is another person they didn't talk to that was there. She was in Vegas. She was at all of the houses, the Palm Spring houses, the Los Angeles houses at Graceland. She was, she told us that, that when Elvis died, she went back to, she went to Graceland to the funeral and the next couple of days, she hung out with Charlie in his bedroom reading fan mail and crying. Wow. You know, these, they didn't talk to these people. You can't get the story without talking to the people. So this fantastic research team, I don't know what they did. They didn't watch our videos, of course, because if they did, they, I hope they didn't I, get it from us. No, I know they did. They did not get it from us. Hey, but the thing about Sandy is, like, they still depicted her in his movie, and they didn't even they sure did. Yeah, but she, the, one of the first things she mentioned was that what they say happened. That's not what happened at all. At all, at all. Yeah. And, and but it's, guys, I mean, it was all for a, they were trying to tell a story on Elvis that didn't happen to make it seem a certain way. And that's what they did. And that's what they made happen. And they released it. And now they're in, they're in contention to win all the awards at the Oscars. And uh, Austin Butler could win the best actor. I mean, he was one heck of an Elvis Presley. I mean, the spa guy sounded more like Elvis just five minutes ago than I thought Austin did. I, they could have signed spa guy up to play Elvis in this nonsense movie. Well, I shouldn't have said that, Billy. Oh, they go get me now. But anyway, oh, I got a little, I, I got a little tidbit for you on that. Austin Butler is not I the guy singing Elvis. in this movie. I could play Elvis a little bit, baby. You know, I could play Elvis. Yeah. You know, come on now, give me a break. The only person that can play Elvis is Elvis Presley. And like there's no, like very much. Yeah, right, Elvis. There's no movie that can be done about you, man, because you set a search, you set such a, <laughs> a precedence. You, you a can't high standard. A high standard. You you set yeah such a high standard that nobody, no actor can put your shoes on and and really bring it on film to make someone like me believe that I'm watching Elvis. And the thing is, Anna Dearmaris, Dearmis, who I'm in love with, she made me think she was Marilyn Monroe in the Netflix fake movie about Marilyn Monroe. But the thing that they did on that movie, they made sure to tell fans before the movie that this was a fantasy tale about Marilyn Monroe. Boz Lerman, y'all didn't do that. You called this a biopic, and then a week before it re re was released, you went back on your word and said, oh, it's not no biopic. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's because you started getting called out. You started getting called out on buys and things. Yeah. But, I mean, I just, you know, I, I don't want to hate on Austin. I'm just saying I... I don't know. I mean, I just I didn't watch him. He did the best he could with with what he had to work with. 
Well, that's, I guess, our two-part series, episode two on our podcast, The Spy Guy and Trey, Wishing Cotton Was a Monkey, which we're not doing. We're not wishing Cotton Was a Monkey. And if you are wishing Cotton Was a Monkey and that's the way you won't get history, you want to get history, this ain't the right place. Well, you know, we're going to call it by what we see it and the way we feel like it happened. And we're going to stick to that. Every and, you know, and, and if people don't agree with us, I mean, that's your you can do that. You know, you have everybody has an opinion like spy guy and myself, and we are going to state our opinions on this. Thank you. Thank you very much. This movie. And we're counting down to 30 seconds. But uh, the bottom line is, Boz, you had a great opportunity, I think, to make a masterpiece, man. Because you 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 did the costume, you did the sets, you did the cars. I mean, that was awesome. That was awesome. Man. It was. Yeah. But you took Elvis's story, and you ah, uh, his story is not important. And you gave that to the world, and in fifty years, that's what they're going to watch. And that's his legacy. Well, tighten up, friends. And if you want to know about real Elvis history, go to the Spy Guy or Globetrotting with Trey on YouTube. We'll show you.